All right. Well, not a very good night for Arizona sports. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is you've decided to make Big Sky Sports Talk a part of your day. My family and I greatly appreciate it. You found the only podcast in the world that is completely devoted to the coverage of the four major franchises of one major market, and that's Phoenix, Arizona. We do things a little bit differently. We broadcast from Big Sky Country, Billings, Montana. We also cover ASU basketball, ASU football, USL championship soccer with the Phoenix Rising, and the WNBA with the Phoenix Mercury, all available to you under one podcast Tuesday through Saturday. Excuse me, um, I'm sorry for such a uh, delay there. I didn't forget to unmute my mic during the ending and bringing everything up. I am extremely tired, did not get uh, any sleep, uh, but wanted to uh, tonight, uh, today, um, be... Uh, prompt to be on time. I knew it was going to be a shorter show, so I went ahead and uh, got everything done that I needed to. And uh, I'm I'm super excited um, about uh, um, the Christmas holiday, um, but uh, uh, work is uh, um, slow. S- not really starting to slow up, but I, I kind of feel it a little bit. Um, but just didn't get any sleep, so I'm super tired, super exhausted a little bit. But anyway, I, I knew that I needed to get this this show done and that it would be a little bit shorter. So um, happy Thursday to you, um, and that's why I paused it. Is to yawn. Um, and that's what I just did just a second ago. And unfortunately, it's a lot longer process to yawn than it is to, you know, cut the mic off and, and sneeze or cough or anything like that. Um, by the way, that is finally getting better. Um, not as much pain, if at any, um, from inflammation. So appreciate the prayers that uh, you've been passing along. Um I got some uh, ASU basketball and Coyotes um, for today's show. And then, of course, uh, um, Cliff Kingsbury with the Cardinals. Also going to talk a little bit of uh, Hard Knocks as it was um, aired uh, uh, last night. So just kind of those are the three main um, topics. Um, But it's good to... uh, um finally be in in uh thursday and this is the day if not already many people will already be done with work or or they'll just take off um uh, the last two days some some of you might be um might have friday off anyway from uh from your employer um i know with uh, cooks we 
I think more than likely we would have, and we they might have given us Monday as well. Um, so that's kind of cool, just have some time off. So if your if your work is anything like um, my former employer, um, then uh, uh, the weekend um, starts for you today as soon as as soon as you're done. But if not, then some of you probably you know uh, uh, if you were fortunate enough and had the either the finances or even the uh, built-up uh, time to take. Uh, you, you've been off all week or you, you worked uh, Monday through yesterday, Monday through Wednesday, and, and you're, you're, you're off already and um, either traveling or, or, or you're staying where you are and, and getting ready for family coming in or one of the two or uh, whatever it is you got going on. Um, you know, today is the day that a lot of people uh, probably start, um, and then even more so um, tomorrow. So, um, one thing I know that everybody in America is facing is is some chilly weather. Um, regardless of where you are, um, even if you're used to it or not, um, it's a bit colder um, throughout the entire country, and, and Christmas um, will. Uh, I think it's going to be um, freezing or below, so 32 degrees or below um, everywhere in the country. So um, that, uh, um, and even cooler than that uh, for the feels like temperatures from you know um, uh, from the weather as well. So it's uh, I'm I'm experiencing right now what it. Um, feels like to be negative 18 but feels like negative 40 so um with the wind chill so it is a uh, it is um bitterly cold um but some i guess something that i welcome just because i've never experienced it before um and the only thing i can co- compare to what i'm experiencing here in billings is um my ex-wife and i went to um the Titanic Museum in um Pigeon Forge uh Tennessee and Pigeon Forge Gatlinburg Tennessee and uh they had a portion where you can touch the the ice um feel the water at uh 28 degrees um is is what uh, it was uh, for the day the Titanic sank when all those people perished and, and whether they perished uh, on the ship, um, going down with the ship, in the water, whatever it, whatever it was uh, that took their life um, on that day, um, most of it being um, in the water. And it was uh, uh, 28 degrees and... Um, in the movie, um, uh, it is, um, um, the character of Jack Dawson that says, uh, that it's like a thousand knives stabbing you all over your body. And it, it's very, very painful, very, very painful. And, uh, um, that I guess... That's the closest I can say that this weather is, is, um, I'm covered up, you know, I got a beanie on, I got a, 
um, a neck warmer that um, I was uh, gifted. That it, well, everybody that worked at Cooks was gifted at one time or another um, a neck warmer, and, and obviously I was able to keep because it wasn't like Cooks attires, just just Cooks pest control colors, which is blue. And um, so I have that. I have my um, um, sweats on and a uh, sweatshirt. Excuse me. Again, I'm sorry. And uh, I have all that going on. And, uh, but no, no, like, gloves. So, like, uh, as cold as it is, it just, it hurts. Like it hurts my, my fingers get numb. It, it, it's so cold. Um, and, uh, so that's kind of what I, um, can relate it to. So anyway, interesting to experience. Um, and I wouldn't say it's the most, the best thing ever, but you know, I mean, I'm here for it, I suppose. So, uh, got some fresh snow last night and, uh, and uh, a little bit uh, um, into the day, so uh, we'll see. But hopefully everything will be good and, and clear for um, my aunt and I to uh, travel to see my brother and his his uh, his family and enjoy Christmas over there. Um, so um, if you don't mind prayer that, that that goes well and that we're able to make the trip. And that the roads are clear. Um, but other than that, um, we're going to head and get into um, some ASU men's basketball. And I'm going to go ahead and make the executive decision. I'll, I'll have my my sound. Um, I'm not going to divide it up, but I'll still timestamp it uh, via the, the swoosh. Um, and uh, just go ahead and do ASU and Coyotes all at once. Um, spoiler alert, they both lost. I don't have any um, sound except for Valley Sports for the Coyotes. Um, so it's just going to be kind of me giving my thoughts on the game, reading my stats as I normally do, um, and 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 then that that's it. So it'll be very, very short section, and then we'll go into Cardinals, which will be a little bit longer, but not by much. But I will have a definite thing with that um so in fact let's see um uh i said the games first but i'm gonna do cardinals first i'm gonna do cardinals first and then then the games i guess we'll end on a sour note um because like i said they both lost so uh cardinals first on big sky sports talk that's up next All right, back with some Arizona Cardinals. And before we get into um, Cliff Kingsbury, as he uh, typically speaks to the media on Wednesday, um, I'll just kind of talk a little bit about Hard Knocks um, and the uh, focus uh, that uh, this week's episode from last night um, was uh, Colt McCoy. So a lot of Colt McCoy and... and uh, got to see, you know, what it's like to as as 
what he does every day and what his most important thing is and that being his family and so he plays with the kid his kids and and him and his wife enjoy time with with each other and, and their kids so that was that was really cool and and of course throughout the game it was kind of a, a game and practice kind of um you know a lot of colt mccoy there and vance joseph because of uh um his return to to denver unfortunately didn't get a win it started out really good um some jj watt because he he had a great game um so some jj watt stuff um and uh um trey mcbride as he returns to colorado um and uh um so got to see that you know his him his family and and in the stands and and so that was very very cool um michael bidwell addressing the uh, situation with uh steve kime um and mainly addressing the portion that uh, talks about his medical leave not necessarily about um anything else says um for those that are not aware and i can't remember if i mentioned this before but it does seem there was a report that that the cardinals are looking um for a uh replacement that that um steve kime is likely not to return so kind of um so it does sound like they're gonna you know get out of that contract extension and so we'll see if they if uh, cliff kingsbury goes with him um so but he didn't he didn't address that he did address the team and michael said that he's he he is like everybody else um very bleeping frustrated um so you can use your imagination what word he used there so um even the owner is very frustrated with what's been going on, not happy with the team's play, um, and urges them to play well because they're not just playing for now, they're playing for their futures. And, uh, you know, the injuries and everything that's happened has been very frustrating, but uh, to continue to play very hard. Um, what else? Uh, I think the main thing is just Colt, uh, some J.J. Watt because he had a great game. Uh, Trey McBride because his return, uh, Vance Joseph because of his return to Denver. Who Vance Joseph also spent a lot of time, not just as a you know two years as as Denver Broncos head coach, but a lot of his um, college, his uh, young adult years, as he says, and some of his uh, uh, young adult to adult years in in um, Colorado. Um, as he went to the University of Colorado, Trey McBride went to Colorado State. Um, so, um, both kind of as a homecoming, if you will, um, the, uh, hard knocks started and ended the same way with, uh, apparently this is something that Vance Joseph does every, every morning, an early, early morning, uh, walk, um, not too far from the facility and, and I don't know for how long, but, um, then he invites any coach that wants to, to join him. Um, so, um, so that was kind of cool. Just kind of get into what Vance Joseph does and he kind of uses it as a, just a kind of relaxed mind, um, talk through what's going on with any of the coaches that joins him. So, 
Um, that that was the the gist of um, of uh, hard knocks, and of course, if anything comes up throughout the week, I'll, I'll most certainly share. But uh, it, of course, uh, Kyler Murray's injury was reiterated. Colt McCoy um, getting banged up in in the game as well in the third quarter, um, and uh, a frustrating no call for. Pass interference to um, uh, to DeAndre Hopkins for the two point um, conversion. So um, that that was just kind of a you know a mixed bag. Lucky foe to making waffles for like like from start to finish, like making the batter, not not just using a waffle mix, but making the batter with the sugar, with the everything in the in the meeting room. It was kind of funny. So just a little bit of everything. Um, uh, uh, I tried my best to take take notes in my mind, and I do it every time. But this, forever, this one, this episode really stuck out to me. Some just a lot of little things. So, um, but anyway, as uh, Cliff normally does, spoke to the media on Wednesday. So we'll go ahead and jump into uh, that, um, and uh, um, and then that'll be it for Cardinals. Um, like I said, Cardinals not uh, a little bit longer than. This next segment we'll get into, but not by much. So a quick and easy, um, short, sweet, and to the point uh, show for uh, for today. But here is the head coach. Backup quarterbacks always talk about why well, I'm always preparing the start. You never know. Well, what can a can a guy really prepare to start if he's not thinking he's going to start? I mean, they can do the best they can. I just think the live reps during the week are, are important um, to go out there and consistently play at a high level. But uh, that's that's their job. So they have to get all the mental reps they can and um, all the walkthroughs they can and, and then go out there and try to perform at a high level. Yeah, the starters, I mean, it's pretty much league-wide. Starter gets basically all the reps with the uh, first team and then um, we'll try to get some walkthrough reps here and there with the backup, and the backup usually takes all the scout team reps and tries to work on his game throughout those uh, those reps they get. You had mentioned you were hoping to get uh, David Blau some first team reps just because he's new. Is that does that throw things a lot off of, of what you would normally do? Um, not a ton, not a ton. I, I think it's only fair to him if he is you know pressing the action that that he's at least repped our offense um, a few times this week um, going into the game. What's the latest on Colt McCoy? Uh, still in the protocol, but feeling a lot better. He'll be out this week, um, but he definitely felt a lot better today, which was encouraging. With uh, what was that your relationship like with Tom when you first showed up with New England? Was he? There's always talk about some of these veteran quarterbacks. Not that he'd been in the league a long time, but some of them are, are better with than others with guys that come in. How how was he with you? Yeah, he was awesome. I think you can see um, the friendships that he's had over the years. I mean, he's been good to all those guys, and that's why whether it's Castle or Jimmy G, Brissett, um, you know, he he. Definitely tries to mentor him and, and work with him, and um, so he he was phenomenal. And every guy that's gone through there, I think, it w- would say the same thing. You, you mentioned in Hard Knocks last week that you had some regrets over how you kind of approached your playing career. 
can you be more specific about that? Was it just you just wish you would have worked a little bit harder? Or what, what was it? Yeah, um, I think so. I think, you know, watching him work and, and how almost maniacal he was about it, um, you know, that that's what it takes at that position to be that good. And um, at times I probably was trying to just run around with Tom Brady instead of uh, try to be Tom Brady um, going up there to Boston. But, uh, yeah, I just think when you look back, you know it's such a short window, it's such a small opportunity looking back that – Definitely could have uh, put more into it, and um, I think you know you, you just got to live with that regret. How much have you taken kind of that experience and partly that into what you're doing now as a coach, and not wanting to regret anything? You're yeah, that's a huge part of it. When I decided to go full speed ahead into coaching, I just wanted to make sure I didn't have any regrets as to um, how much I put into it, and, and you know how fast I could try to climb the ranks and. Um, become the type of coach I thought it could be. And so that, that definitely was kind of a second opportunity um, to try and, you know, take advantage of a really good opportunity I had getting into college ranks, um, you know, right out of, of my playing career, really. After 10 years doing this, do you have any regrets from how you've approached your coaching career? Um, no, no. <clears throat> I think, um, you know, you learn every year as a coach and you try to get better, but I, I really don't have there's, – there's certain players I've dealt with throughout that, that. There's experiences I wish I had back with players. But as far as just how I've approached it, no, I, I don't. Um, just try to attack it. And uh, any opportunity I had, just try to make the most of it. Did you become the coach that you wanted to be? Uh, remains to be seen. <laughs> yeah, remains to be seen. Uh, I, I think I always wanted to be authentic, you know, and try to do things my way. And I, I was at – Coach Leach's funeral uh, yesterday, and that was brought up a bunch. You know, he did it his way on his terms, and that's something that has always inspired me. Didn't ever, he never listened to, hey, you should run the ball more, you should do it this way or that way. He always was um, had a strong belief in, in what he was doing and the, the people he was doing it with, and um, so he definitely influenced me in that area. As we head into the last home game, um, last chance for fans to come out, what, what, is it, what would it mean to you, what does it mean to you for the fans that, that are going to come out? this week and support you even if it hasn't gone all that well? Yeah, that'd, that'd be tremendous. Um, you know, we have a great group of guys, and I know the season hasn't gone the way we all would have liked, especially, um, you know, the fans and the home games. Um, but our, our team, like I've said all year, the professionalism, how hard they've worked, the thing they've battled through, the adversity they've faced, uh, they're, they're still in it. And, and putting their heart and soul into it. And so that would mean a lot, a lot to them um, to have a great crowd on Christmas. Yeah, there was there was some some good ones I hadn't heard before, but it was uh, great to see just all the lives he touched. You know, he changed so many people's stars in that that deal. Um, whether it was coaches, players. I mean, we had Bob Stoopspeak, Lincoln Riley, Sonny Dykes was in there, Dana Holgerson. I mean, you can go on and on. Gardner Minshew spoke. Um, their current quarterback, Will, Will Rogers, spoke, and so just to hear whether it was. Uh, Lincoln Riley, who I played with, or their current quarterback, kind of the consistency with which uh, Coach Leach touched lives and coached and uh, mentored. Um, it just, it was a special day. Any car ride with him was Yeah, you would cover a myriad of topics. <laughs> the last of which was football. There's no doubt, but um, special, special man and um, one of the great innovators of the game. Coaching or playing with that holds a candle to his work ethic and what he's been able to do? 
No, not just the total commitment, lifestyle, sleep, eat, um, study, work that he's put into that. I mean, it's it's insane. Um, I like when I got there, I remember thinking I thought I worked hard, and then I watched what he did and put into it, and it was just on a whole different level. And to watch where it's come. Um, you know, there's a reason he's he's the best there ever was, and it'd be hard to catch him at the rate he's going. What makes him able to play at this level? Yeah, he, he's one of those guys. I hate to use the term gamer, but he, he's got a lot of moxie. Plays with a lot of confidence. Teammates respond to that well. Um, you know, he's mobile, can move around. You know, he had a couple of throws he'd like to have back, but he had a couple of scoring drives and. Like I said, uh, after the game, I just want to see how he does with some reps. It's not easy to go in there without any reps, basically throughout the entire season with the first-team offense. So excited to see how he um, can perform with some reps this week. How much can you take from what you did in the preseason, even though it's you know, several months beyond that? Yeah, that's why he's here. You know, I think we, we like what we've seen at times. And like I said, we just got to protect the ball on a couple of those throws. But um, he, he's been in the game in some very adverse situations so far, and, and I want to see him start a game and, and see kind of how he carries himself and how he performs. What, is, uh, what does it look like for Beach right now? Still day-to-day? Yeah, he's day-to-day. I'd say Marco and Beach are, are both day-to-day right now. After the game, Watt said that you know these last few games are when guys can put stuff on film. They're basically trying out for, for other teams. Do you bring that up to guys, or just kind of that just implied kind of known? I think it's implied, but I touched on it um, this week. Just I thought he did a great job, JJ, after the game, talking about that. And if anybody um, you know can speak on it, he can. And, and the way he's practicing and performing, he's backing it up as well. But you know, there's definitely recency bias. Um, those GMs across the league aren't going to go watch the first three games. They're going to watch the last three and see, particularly with a team that's not going to make the playoffs, how you perform, you know, how you work, how you play when there's nothing on the line. And, and so these games are very meaningful to, to really all of our careers, coaches and players. You mentioned Marco and Beach. What about uh, Antonio? Same thing. Same thing. Yeah, I'd say all those guys are, are day-to-day. Um, didn't do much today, but I'm hoping by Friday we can see if, if they'll be able to go. You mentioned the other day about sometimes adjustments even during the week. How difficult is that when you don't know if a guy's going to play and then a guy gets hurt in practice? That's happened several times. How how much does that affect the whole plan as you go in, especially when you have to change in the middle of the week? Yeah, that's not easy, Um, but it's a lot easier then than how we've had to change a few times on Sunday, you know, when the quarterback gets hurt or, um, you know, one of the main receivers or the game plans going his way gets hurt. So uh, I think you know, coaching-wise, guys have done a good job being flexible, but it, it definitely kind of throws a wrench in the plan when that happens. There's been a bunch of times there where guys have left, aside from guys missing games, the guys have left early in games. So that's what you're alluding to, I guess. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's when it gets gets a little tough. Is um, when you start a game, you got a plan kind of based around one of your better players, and it doesn't work out. Uh, you got to readjust on the fly and, and try to uh, make the best of it. What's the challenge with uh, with the Tampa Bay defense, and what, what have you seen? From them. I know you mentioned the front the other day, but just overall. Yeah, I mean, they're one of the better defenses in the league. I think Coach Bowles is one of the top defensive minds and has been over the last decade and a half or so in this league. And just the multiple looks they show on third downs, um, you know, the pass rush, the linebackers are as good as anybody in the league. And then their secondary is playing at a really high level. So they, they don't give up much. Um, last week, there's a bunch of short fields. That's how Cincy got back in the game. But they're playing at a really high level right now. All right, um, that's everything I have on Cardinals. Like I said, uh, uh, shorter, uh, you know, segments and shorter uh, episode today. 
um, not not a whole lot to to really go off on. So um, we'll go ahead and move on to both. Uh, like I said, made the executive decision to kind of uh, smash ASU basketball and Coyotes hockey all in one, just simply because um, well, both were. Uh, as I said earlier, spoiler, bad losses and uh, just not a whole lot of sound to really add to it. Um, so just going to go and smash them together. So um, those games up next on Big Sky Sports Talk. All right, first on the docket, um, very, very ugly game, just not good at all. Um, ASU drops to 11-2 on the season and just get absolutely stomped by San Francisco, the University of San Francisco, um, 97-60. to So that's a 37-point victory for uh, San Francisco. Um, and uh, I think it was, I think it was as high as 45. It was like, um, an 18 to two run, you know, at the beginning, <laughs> I think the announcers even joked and said, well, it really seems to be like a, um, a 40, 40, whatever to 20 something, you know, 18 or whatever it was at the time that they said it run. But, uh, I mean, it was a lot of. Very stale basketball for ASU, just missing shots, couldn't get anything going, uh, getting the ball stolen, turning it over, not getting the rebound. Um, very, very frustrating. Um, and then, you know, San Francisco, they are getting everything they they can, everything they want, um, scoring the basketball at a high rate. Um, it was like, you know, three and four minutes would go by without an ASU score. It was just a complete collapse drought. It was 50 to 23 at the half. Um, and, uh, and then San Francisco, they scored 50 in that first and 47 in, in the second for a total of 97. Uh, Arizona State, they had the 23 in the first and then a much better th uh, second, but, um, you know, you can chalk it up as to some of it just uh, kind of uh, both teams conceding um, to an extent, really. I mean, um, ASU, they were fighting until the end. They, 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 uh, they you know, on-ball defense was solid. They just, they got some takeaways and stuff like that, but, um, it was just too out of reach um, this time. They've uh, come back from a lot of games. We talked about it, but it just didn't work out at all. But uh, um, uh, Duke Brennan, uh, Brennan in, uh, 12 uh, points, perfect from the field, 3 of 3, 6 of 8 from the free throw line. Uh, uh, Shabazz, 26 points, uh, 8 of 16 from the field. Perfect at the line, five of five. Um, Duke Brennan, um, six rebounds, one defensive, five offensive. 
Uh, Shabazz, again, seven rebounds, all of them defensive. Frankie Collins, three assists, two turnovers, 31 minutes. And then Shabazz, just all over the place, six assists, zero turnovers, 31 minutes. For Arizona State, Neal, um, 23 minutes, four of eight from the field, one of three from deep, five rebounds, uh, 11 points. Warren Washington, 20 minutes, one of two from the field, six rebounds, two points. Uh, Devin uh, Cambridge, uh, uh, no Desmond, um, with a no uh, with a non-COVID illness, um, but uh, Devin Cambridge, 20 minutes, one of five from the field, one of three from deep, three rebounds, one assist, six points. Frankie Collins, 31 minutes, three of 16 from the field, 0 of three from deep, six rebounds, three assists, eight points. Uh, DJ Horn, 28 minutes, four of 15 uh, from the field, two of seven from deep. Two rebounds, one assist, 12 points. Um, uh, Brennan, uh, 19 minutes. Uh, perfect from the field, like I said uh, earlier. Six rebounds and 12 points. Um, and that was the pretty much it. Alonzo Gaffney, 16 minutes, three points. Um, Bo- Bokeh, seven minutes, one point. Nunez, 20 minutes, 2 points. Uh, Luther Muhammad, 14 minutes, 3 points. But only th- uh, three guys. Uh, Neil, um, DJ Horn, and Brennan uh, with double-figure uh, scoring for Arizona State. Uh, San Francisco, the Dons, as they're called. Um, um, Cunin. 25 minutes, one of three from the field, two, one of two from deep, six rebounds, two assists, three points. Hawthorne, 29 minutes, seven of 12 from the field, two five from deep, four rebounds, and 19 points. Um, Jijibera, um, 19, or excuse me, 18 minutes, one of two from the field, three rebounds, three assists, three points. Roberts, 25 minutes, 4 of 8 from the field, 2 of 4 from deep, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 14 points. Shabazz, 13, or excuse me, 31 minutes, 8 of 16 from the field, 5 of 11 from deep, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, and 26 points. Um, and then their big contributor from the bench is Williams, um, 24 minutes, perfect from the field. Um, for, that's 4-4 four, four and 2-2 two, two from deep. One rebound, six assists, 11 points. Um, they had four guys in double figures uh, scoring and then um, a lot of uh, single-digit contributors on, on their bench. As a team, uh, Arizona State, there were 19 of 68, 27.9%. I mean, that, that tells the whole story. That was from the field. Um, like I said, just, you know, shot a lot, couldn't make anything. Uh, five of 26 from three point land, 19.2%, 17 of 30 from the, uh, stripe 56.7%, just terrible, uh, in every aspect of, of, of scoring. Um, San Francisco, 32 of 56, 57.1% from the field, 15 of 29, 51.7%. 
and uh, 18 of uh, 27, 66.7. So higher, way higher averages. Um, a ten points, uh, ten point average, uh, exactly from the free throw line, but fifty-seven to twenty-seven, fifty-one to nineteen. Um, that's uh, from the field and from three-point land. Um, San Francisco versus ASU. Um, so, just a rough game. Out rebounded, uh, forty-five to forty in favor. Of the Dons, um, that's 20 re- offensive boards, however. 20 and 20, really. So pretty even for um, ASU, which you would assume normally would win. Um, they've been holding their opponents to under 60 points. They bl- gave up 97, so just a rough there. Eight offensive boards to 37 defensive boards for the uh, for the Dons. Um, and, uh, they got out assisted, um, San Francisco 22 to eight, more steals, eight to six and more blocks, three to one. Um, however, as you did have fewer turnovers, nine, uh, nine to 13, um, both teams did have, uh, 23 fouls. There was two technical fouls on ASU one on Bobby Hurley. And I can't remember. I think there was another uh, as well. Uh, might have been on Bobby Hurley as well. I can't. Rem- I'm. I'm not sure, but I know one for sure on Bobby Hurley, and it was he. He earned it. Um, it was just a very bad call that should have been a turnover. It was an inbounds play, and uh, it was uh, thrown in and completely. Over the head of uh, of the uh, player that San Francisco was throwing in, and and just went out of bounds. And I don't know. It's like I don't know what they saw or what they were thinking, or they thought that it, you know, for whatever reason, didn't count. I have no idea. Um, and I, I might not be recalling it a hundred percent right. Uh, I just know what I saw. That just all of a sudden. Um, the team in, you know, white and green is inbounding the ball and it goes out of bounds. And I mean, regardless of what's going on there, you would assume that it should be Arizona State's ball, but it wasn't. And, uh, Bobby Hurley definitely thought so and got teed up for it. And, and then as you would imagine, uh, issue they never led in this one and the largest lead i thought it, I, I think i said earlier it was 45 is actually 47 was the largest lead so almost led by 50 points san francisco did just a god awful game from uh from jump jump street so just uh like i said just a really really rough one um um yeah just uh, it was rough, but uh, moving on from one rough game to another uh, rough game, maybe not as rough, and uh, that's Coyotes. So um, we'll uh, go ahead and talk Coyotes um, real quick. I uh, it was five goals to uh, two or three, if I remember correctly. But I'm about to give you the 
correct answer. Yep, five to two in favor of the Golden Knights in Las Vegas. Um, no goals scored in the first period. Um, in the second period, three minutes and twenty-seven seconds. Uh, it was Las Vegas gets on the board first, one nothing, and then um, um, the Melky. Uh, with Christian Fisher on the assist, ties it up 4:45. So, um, just a little over a minute later, in the third period, um, two back-to-back, um, almost literally goals. One on a power play. Oh, the, by the way, the first uh, goal for um, Las Vegas was on a power play as well. Um, but uh, 8:56 and then 9:50. Uh, one on a power play to make it uh, one to two in favor of Las Vegas, and then the 9:50 goal um, giving them the uh, three to one lead. 11:42, Christian Fisher with uh, Tyler Boyd or Tyler Travis Boyd uh, on the assist uh, brings them within one. But uh, again, two more unanswered goals at 12:34, uh, shorthanded, and then. Uh, before the end of the game, 17-19, um, making it 2-5 to five would be the finals. Finals. Be the final. Um, Yotes, 23 shots on goal. Um, Golden Knights, 34. Um, 29 faceoffs, 1 to the Yotes, 25. That's 53.7% for Las Vegas. Um, the Coyotes, 46.3. Power play opportunities, um, Coyotes had two but could not convert. Um, and then Las Vegas had four and converted on two. That's a 50%. Um, penalty kill for Las Vegas, killing both those were obviously huge for them. So, um, there's that. Um, Arizona had four penalties for eight minutes. Uh, Las Vegas had uh, only two for four minutes. Uh, 23 block shots for um, the Coyotes, 14 for the Golden Knights. Both teams had 13 takeaways apiece. Um, and, uh, but Las Vegas gave it away eight times, and uh, the uh, Coyotes only five times. So... Again, the final five to two in favor of Las Vegas. That's three losses in a row for the Coyotes. Here is Bally Sports on the recap. The Coyotes and Golden Knights battling for the second time in the three-game series, and early on, a defenseman, Danil Miramanov. Well, this seemed to be the uh, the plan all game long: get the puck to the net, redirections in front. This one hits a body, not a Vegas Golden Knight body, but Lawson Krauts in front, the high tip. No chance for Corral Bamelka, but he was not rattled because his team answered right back. Just a minute and 24 seconds later. Good job once again. Christian Fisher taking that puck down low. And Valamaki, the defenseman, getting involved in the attack. That's when things started to change for the Coyotes. Getting their defenseman the green light to go, Matty. Yeah, so it was 1-1 through 40. We had a hockey game, and then in the third, back to the power play goal the Golden Knights. Wow, there was one of the penalties. Clayton Keller's second penalty in concession, and then... 
the high tip right there. Big Mark Stone redirects that one. Then another turnover here by the Coyotes. And off the Vegas Golden Knights come the other way. And this is kind of when the wheels started to fall off. Just poor puck management. Carrier buries that one over Corral Bavalka. But then the Coyotes come back and Christian Fisher, second point of the night. Yeah, and this is the play I'm talking about. Chokes up on that stick, bangs one home. All of a sudden, it's a one-goal game. And good things were starting to happen for this Coyotes group. Beautiful play there by Travis Boyd. And Christian Fisher, what more can you say about him? Number six on the season. And then once again, though, Maddie, a turnover. This is the killer right here on the power play. A chance to tie the game and a very rare turnover by Keller. Gives it up and who else is there? Mark Stone, the captain of this Vegas Golden Knights, gets another one. Yeah, big period for Mark Stone. He gets 13 and 14. Michael Amadio would make it a 5-2 game. And the final numbers, Tyson, are presented by Crest Insurance. Special teams, two for four on the power play. They also got a shorthanded goal uh, in that sequence as well. So tough night here for the Coyotes to finish. They battled. They uh, scratched a clawed for 40 solid minutes. Just couldn't find that second gear. No, they could not, and, uh, you know, two tough games to uh, to really watch, and, uh, you know, rough rough day for Arizona sports, as I said in the in the open, I think more for <clears throat> the Sun Devils than, than the Yotes, but um, especially since the Yotes were even close at one point, and it was a, you know, tied game, um, and then with, uh, they, they were only down by one, um, at one point, but uh, ASU down by 47. Uh, definitely a big difference. Um, only thing uh, tonight um, is uh, Suns. Suns at home against Memphis. Very, very pitiful game. Um, two of the next three are against Memphis. Uh, one against Memphis, one against uh, um uh, against uh, Denver, and then back in Memphis, and then um, and then Washington. So, um, very very important. But uh, that's the show. That's all I got. Um, so I appreciate you guys listening as as always. Um, and uh, I will um, look forward to uh, speaking to you tomorrow. And uh, you can email me if you'd like, BigSkySportsTalk at gmail.com. Find me on Facebook and Instagram uh, at BigSkySportsTalk. You can just uh, type that in. Uh, And don't forget to subscribe. You can uh, listen just about any way you want to. Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, uh, Audible, um, iHeartRadio, Radio, Stitcher. Um, hit that bell notification and subscribe. That way you don't miss out. Um, I appreciate that. Share it with your friends and family, your neighbors, your enemies. Um, and uh, like I said, always uh, appreciate the listen. Always appreciate any feedback you might give. Again, um, Big Sky Sports Talk at gmail.com and Facebook and Instagram at Big Sky Sports Talk. Uh, I believe that's it. That's all I have. Um, I really do appreciate it, as as I always say. Um, so until tomorrow, I appreciate it. Thank you.